Magnificent Morning, folks. This is Jay Jameson with Her Story Podcast. Her is an acronym for heroic, empowering, and resilient. And this is a self-improvement, self-acceptance, and women empowerment podcast. My main purpose is to encourage, empower, and motivate all women by highlighting their personal stories of triumph over adversity. Each of us has a story. Maybe it's an illness, a financial burden, or a dead-end job. In general, Unforeseen circumstances can make you feel isolated or alone, but when you feel like you have hit rock bottom, it doesn't mean that it is the end of your story. It is within the darkest nights we produce the brightest stars. There are women out there who are going through the very same barriers you are facing today, but they didn't give up. In fact, they used their difficulties to mold them into strong and resilient women, and if they can break through their hardships, so can you. Because you are her, heroic, empowering, and resilient, magnificent morning, good people. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Once again, this is Jay Jameson with her story. Um, This month has been very crazy for me. I know I've been on a hiatus. I've only given you guys like one episode in March, and I do apologize, but I've been very busy on the road, kind of under the weather. But we are here today, and I am excited I want to actually um, start a part two on a topic that I had earlier on within her story. It may have been like maybe the first 10 episodes where I talked about the healing process, the healing process within past relationships, within friendships, from family and um, friends and et cetera, just uh, moving forward from those who are very close to you. So today I want to focus on the healing process of that time changes and so do people, but also a topic that may be shunned upon within society, within your circle, when it happens, uh, within the church and things, and that is divorce. But divorce is definitely a reality and it does happen. But I have with me today, Miss Tanya Carter. She is a divorce coach. And um, I just want to share her story, bring light to what she actually does, and talk about a topic that, although some may feel that it's a hard topic to discuss, it definitely needs to be shared because there are women, there are people that are going through this issue, this circumstance, and they may need that healing, that additional counseling. So I have with me Miss Tanya. Tell the audience hello. <laughs> Hey, everyone. How's everybody doing? Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. So, Tanya, you are out in Atlanta. Is that right? Yes, ma'am. From Atlanta, born and bred here. Yes, I am an Atlanta girl. Georgia okay. Peach. Well, shout out to ACL. <laughs> um, I was there maybe a few weeks ago, and we tried so hard. <laughs> so hard to meet up. But it's like our schedules were just crazy. They were crazy. But uh, I love I love Atlanta. I'm here in New Orleans, you know, uh, that Deep South connection. So we're going to go in. Um, so, Tanya, can you give us like a little background? You said Atlanta, born and raised. Um, so is there a particular college that you graduated from or what high school? Let's just get a, a better understanding about you and who you are so that, that we can form that relationship with you and the audience. Okay. Well, um well, I'm, I'm from Atlanta. I am, I'm typically, if, you, if we want to get very technical, I'm from Decatur. Okay, okay. Um, that's where I really <laughs> was raised. 
Wow. Um, like that's where everything started in Decatur, Georgia. Um, born in Atlanta, moved to Decatur. I went to high school at Southwest DeKalb High School, which is probably one of the most, you know, I would say one of the most lovely high schools in, in the whole world. Um, okay. I did go to college. I went to um, DeVry University, so I went to a technical school. I was um, I'm, I'm a more techie type of girl. Gotcha. So I went to school for information technology. Um, I got my master's as well from a from Central Michigan University, and um, I I wasn't here my whole life. I moved away for about four or five years, about four years, and then I moved back. And so now I'm I'm back here, um, and now I'm walking into my purpose. Yes, <laughs> so yes. it's a whole different level now. <laughs> And yeah, in life, yeah. life treats you differently when we're walking into our purpose. And, you know, even with you just sharing that small scoop about who you are, sometimes it takes life. It takes things to actually happen. You've received, you know, your education and now you're walking into your purpose. Sometimes people think that it's automatically going to hit as soon as you finish high school, as soon as you get that degree and everything is going to be all figured out. And that is not the case. <laughs> you know, life changes things. But but it is a blessing when you actually discover your purpose and you're walking into your purpose. Um, but within that process, things can happen to, you know, to, to alter sometimes our focus and what's actually going on. So I wanted to dive deeper into you being a divorce coach. Um, and, you know, uh, sometimes, like I had previously stated, people may look at it, okay, yeah, she's promoting divorce and things like that. But as I've stated, life happens. And I mean, at times, uh, so does a divorce, you know, uh, marriages, they don't always last. I've had family and friends and they've, you know, been in relationships, high school sweethearts. When you get married, Things happen and it's shift and it ended in like an ugly and almost brutal divorce. And at that time, people within their circle were still telling them, you have to, you know, wear this out and, you know, we don't believe in divorce and you have to stick it out. But what I personally feel that when someone's health is involved, when the children are involved, when it's just circumstances around you that keep on folding in, it's important for you to get out of that situation despite what other people are saying because they're not living your life. You're living your life and you have to tell your story. And I also compare it to, you know, uh, a doctor, you know, a doctor doesn't promote illness, but at the end of the day, they're educated and they provide you with the prescription and the, you know, the, the healing ailment or the cure or the treatment or whatever for the disease. And I feel like that is your purpose as well to help those within that healing process after this situation does happen. So when we had talked before, um, I remember you said that Often we revise who we are to fit into someone else's standards. You know, sometimes people are women. Let's, you know, let's be real about it. Women chase the ring. Um, they may chase, you know, the, the reception and the glitz and the glam and the wedding dress and being a princess for the day. But at times we really don't know who we are. And when we don't know who we are, how do we expect to be whole and to be a wife and to be a mother and all these other things when we carry on this extra baggage from previous relationships and eternally 
we are not healed within. Eternally, we don't know who we are and we're not being our authentic selves. So if you would just share, um, my voice keeps screeching y'all, I'm sorry, I'm sick. (laughs) If you could just share your personal story of your marriage within your divorce and how you stand and who you are today and how you are helping others to get through that next step after the divorce and that healing process. Well, thank you. Um, very good question. So just a little background about my story. Um, I was married. Um, I got married at the age of 22. Super and young. I know many people will automatically go into where you were young. Mm-hmm. I was young. However, I wouldn't just tie it to age. It's more about maturity. And what I realized was that I, um, I loved him, you know, and, and I'm going to be honest. I, I did love him. I did have a care for him. Um, however, um, I will say I didn't grow into my authentic self at that particular age. Um, I didn't know who I was. During that time, um, I will say that my parents um, had a big influence on my decision. Um, did they make me do it? Because I want to be honest, I didn't. My parents didn't make me do anything, but there was an influence there for me. Mm-hmm. And I did feel like that was like the the right thing to do, if that makes sense. And I felt like because I loved him, getting married would work. Okay. Right. And, but I knew, and I'm going to be honest with myself, I knew that that probably wasn't the best idea for us. But you think when you love somebody, love can just conquer all. Right. Because it sounds great in theory, it sounds sweet, but in reality, you know, love just doesn't conquer all. There's a work component that involves your marriage, um, just like it would at your job or your business or anything that you want to see elevate. Marriage is the exact same way. And what I realized is that we weren't equally yoked. Right. Now, I didn't see all that then. I didn't. I saw that after I went through my healing process. I realized that we weren't equally yoked. I realized that I had to take ownership. I realized that, you know what, this really did hurt more than what I put on. So when I went through my divorce, you know, one thing I tell people, divorce is very similar to a death. I'm going to be honest. I actually think it's probably worse than death. Um, But death is the number one stressor in the world. Divorce is number two. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I think it is is because you still have to deal with the other other individual, maybe to some degree, if you have children involved and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people tell you to get over it, like it's nothing, or you're strong. And so you're you're left to wear a mask. You're you're left to act as if nothing happened. You don't, there's no space to grieve it. You know, when someone loses a loved one, people come over and bring cakes, pies, you know, they, they console you. They, they tell you to grieve and it's going to be okay. But you don't get that same form of compassion when you With go through a divorce. divorce. Right. It's almost mm-hmm. like you're left alone in the wilderness to figure it out. And I'm going to be honest with you, just because um, I didn't, even though I loved him, and even though I knew probably that wasn't the best idea at the time, you still don't sign up to get a divorce. It, it just That's just the reality. Mm-hmm. You just don't. And it hurts and it sucks. And so you have, you, you lose friends, you people, if you go to church, you may have people in the church that kind of maybe turn their back on you. And it's like you're, you're just left alone to really figure this thing out. Mm-hmm. And so you don't have a, a space to 
to to get through it. You know, you suppress them. You you say, well, you know what? I'm just going to focus on my kids. And focusing on your kids is not the solution. You know, because you leave it up to them to be responsible for what you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. And so many people don't talk about the healing process. And as I tell everyone, it's like a wound. So, like, if you hurt yourself, like you talked about the doctor, they're there to cure you and heal you. It's, it's the same thing just as a, just in the sense of going through an emotional healing. You hurt yourself. You can't just leave that hurt hurt. you got to go get it treated because mm-hmm. if not, it's going to get infected. So you have to do the same thing with your emotional healing. Even if you walked away, it doesn't matter. I chose to, it was mutual for us. It didn't matter who made the choice. You still need to go through that process of healing because what happens, if not, chances are you're going to take that same type of mindset into another relationship, the same type of baggage, the same type of mindset. Your mindset should shift into a different level when you go through anything that's considered an adversity. Mm-hmm. No matter what it is, you should be you should be learning how to level up from where you were. You should be the same individual because you'll attract the same thing. And so what I realized about myself is that when I walked away from his marriage, I thought he was the problem and I wasn't. I played a victim's mindset. Mm-hmm. There's a victim's mentality. I did everything. I was a good wife. That was my story. My story was he should have done this. He should have done that. That was my story. And as I tell people, what I do as a divorce coach, I help you divorce your story. Because as long as you stay stuck in the story of being a victim or stuck in the story of, you know, believing that you are defeated, you will never give yourself permission to thrive. And that's what I focus on. So my goal is to let you get to your true authentic self from your core. And many of us are not living in our truth. And when you live in truth, you walk you walk, and you talk, you're a whole different individual. And I had to own my truth. I had to get deep. I had to, like, admit things about myself that I didn't want to admit. I could not focus no more on what my ex-husband did. We were divorced for a reason. So at that moment, I could not focus on what he didn't do, what he could have done. It didn't matter. It was irrelevant. The only person I can focus on is Tanya. Right. And so I try, I work on women to shift that focus because as long as you focus on him, you would never allow yourself to focus on the most important person in your life and that is you. Right. So do and you, so in a nutshell, that's what I do. So do you think that it's important to, um, even within this process to kind of like forgive and forget in order to move forward? And what I mean by that is I've had conversations with individuals and they were like, you know, if someone wrongs me or someone hurts me, I can never forgive that person. It's pretty much like, you know, like, you know, like F this person, I'm over them and everything that they stand for. But with me, I feel like forgiveness is a big factor because for one, when you don't do that, it's like the weight of that person, the burden of what they've done to you will always be carried emotionally on your back. And the only way you can move forward is if you forgive that person even if you know that ultimately they don't even forgive you or they don't even understand what they have done to hurt you or that wrong, would you say that that's also important? And if you have actually coached a lot of people who have battled this and don't really grasp that concept of forgiving in order to move forward in the healing process within that? Wow, that's a, that's a really good question. It's funny because last week on my Instagram live, I do lives every Thursday mm-hmm. at 9 p.m. and I Someone wanted me to talk about forgiveness. And forgiveness is a component that you can never bypass. 
Right. No matter how much you try to work on anything else, forgiveness is something that is a mandatory thing. And I believe what happens is that we have to change our perspective on what forgiveness really is and what it isn't. You know, I never tell my people to forgive and forget. Mm -hmm. I don't believe you can actually totally forget what anyone has done to you. I mean, that's it's like if you were in an abusive relationship, you don't forget someone putting their hands on you. Right. So I, I don't tell people to forgive and forget. Mm -hmm. I tell you to remember so you don't go back. So you realize why you need to push forward. You use it as fuel. Mm -hmm. You don't use it to stay paralyzed. And then you got to understand what forgiveness is. It's, it's not about waiting on them to see what they did wrong. Think about it. That's the power that you're giving them by waiting to, for them to realize what they did. Right. If you're sitting here waiting for them to call you and say, listen, I realized I did you wrong and I'm sorry. Listen, that would be great because it acknowledges their character and it acknowledges the fact that they are growing. However, to wait on somebody else to determine how you move, that's too much power to give a person. Yeah. So to wait on an apology is it's like, you know, you're wasting time. You know how much time you waste believing that some waiting on them to apologize is going to set you free. Mm -hmm. It's like drinking, you drinking the poison and waiting for them to die. Right. That's a quote. I don't know who said it, but that's what it said. Unforgiveness is like you drinking poison, waiting for them to die. Mm -hmm. yes. And I want people to think about that a little bit. Like that's, that's, that's what you're doing. This is what I tell people. You have to master the art of forgiveness. If that's not something you have developed, it's a skill. Just like anything else that you learned in life. If you've never mastered or understood forgiveness, you have to go on the path of learning. You have to be a student of it. So in order to be a student, you need to understand what it is and you need to make the choice to forgive. Forgiveness is a choice. And so what happens is when you make the choice to forgive, you open up your heart to learn how to heal. You may not forgive automatically right away. Mm -hmm. You may have to just say, okay, I choose to forgive. And then let's walk this path. Most definitely. You and learn why it's important to forgive. Yeah. Like, I think that and, that's... And you feel the emo... Oh, I'm sorry. I, oh, no. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> no, I was... Um, I, I was going to say that, like, it takes a lot to... For the like, for me personally, it takes a lot for me to forgive people, but I do feel as though that it's really necessary because sometimes we're putting, we're forced in situations where we still have to be around that individual. You know, especially when you live in like a, a small town or a small city, or you belong to the same groups and same circles, and something may have happened to, uh, you know, damage that relationship. But I definitely feel that forgiveness is definitely necessary. And it's something that you have to personally want to do, because if you don't, then you're going to have like that hatred and those same feelings every time when you see that person. And like that allows them to control you and your emotions as well. Correct. And another thing about forgiveness, as I tell people, you have to feel the emotion. Many of us don't want to go there with emotion. So clients that I work with, they may feel anger. I tell them to feel the anger. Just don't hurt anybody or hurt yourself. Mm -hmm. You've got to allow yourself to feel the current emotion. Because a lot of the time we think, I shouldn't be angry. No one said you shouldn't be angry. You just shouldn't stay angry. You mm -hmm. want to escape that emotion by processing it. And I believe also when it comes to forgiveness, you've got to forgive yourself. And we don't talk about that enough. Mm -hmm. We're always talking about forgiving other people. And you should. But you need to forgive yourself and give yourself the same form of grace and compassion that is required of you to give to others. 
because there's a lot of shame that comes with divorce. There's a lot of guilt that comes with with divorce. A lot of feeling like a failure that comes with divorce. And um, and and so we associate ourselves with that. And as I tell people, divorce is not who you are; it's what you've experienced. And so many of us feel like, oh, I'm divorced, so I'm no. You just went through the the experience. Now, how are we going to allow this experience to shape you? And you got to forgive yourself. You got to stop thinking that you, you you're perfect. You're not. You're you're human. Right. You're gonna make mistakes, and you mm-hmm. need to allow yourself to say, "I forgive me," for even believing that I'm I'm not worthy because I've been through this process. And so, when you learn how to forgive yourself, you'll you'll start learning how to forgive others because we can be our own worst critics. Yeah, most yeah yeah. I'm definitely in agreement with that, and even when you said you know you you have to learn how to forgive yourself first. Um, when, I guess when others found out about your divorce, I'm not sure if it was, uh, something that was private or if you told like your family members or siblings or whomever that were very close to you. But when we first began the conversation, you were saying, you know, sometimes you may have that sense of isolation from your friends, from your family and those in the church. And did you feel that sense of isolation from those that were very close to you? Did you feel that it was important within this forgiving in this healing process? Did you have someone to actually go to, to help you get through this? Or was it really like a fight on your own? Okay. I think that, I think for me, I felt the need to wear a mask. Mm -hmm. So like people tell you you're strong, right? And you actually wear that with a badge of honor. You believe being strong means to not show emotion, to not let people see you hurt, to not let people see you cry. So for me, I suppressed every single emotion. I What I did was I went out all the time. Mm-hmm. That was my way of dealing with things. Yeah. So like when I went through, um, initially that's what I did. I, didn't, I had to get to a point where I had to just like process everything. But that is what I did in the beginning because, you know, in my upbringing, we were never taught to you know, handle emotions and deal with emotions. It was like, you know, move on. But how can you move on to a thriving life? So here's the thing. Moving on, okay, but how are we going to move on? You have to plan to move forward. Like many people, I know we plan for marriage. We, we plan to save up money for retirement. We plan a lot of things. But if you are going through a divorce, you need to plan to have a thriving one. I know that does not make sense for people because people associate divorce as this horrible thing. But I'm going to be honest with you. It's a reality, like you said. Right. And whether or not if we want to admit that, people are going to go through it, and it's going to continue to happen. And if you are going to go through it, you have to be intentional about it. Men or women, doesn't matter if you're a man. Men hurt too. It's not just women. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I had to realize was that I needed to really heal from this. Because I saw myself repeating a lot of the same things. And so when you keep going into relationships that no longer serve you, you got to look at the common denominator. You got to see why you keep entertaining the what same you say you don't person. want. Mm-hmm. That has became a habit, and you got to. We got to break that. We got to figure out. We got to figure out inside what is really going on. Because what happens is the myth of getting over someone is to get under someone else, and that's yes. a horrible myth. Mm-hmm. And many people believe that if I get someone else, then this proves that I'm worthy, right? And so what you find find yourself working out of desperation and then you'll find yourself probably getting into another relationship that really is similar to what you walked away from yeah and then you you're, you're back at it you're, you're 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 dying for someone to love you 
And I, I work more about you loving yourself from the inside out. Mm-hmm. It's scary to go there, but I promise you, you'll, you'll feel so much better because you are peeling back those layers and you're getting to the core. I see this all the time. It's people who are married who are going through this. It's, it's not just people who are divorced. I have married people come to me. So you're more so of like um, a counselor all around, like relationships and, of course, if a divorce does happen. So it's the healing within the relationships and if the divorce happens as well, that healing process for the individual. Correct. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the time, divorce is not the only thing that I focus on. I focus on you as a person. Mm-hmm. Because some of the choices that we make go from our upbringing. A lot of the choices that we made has came from something else before we got married. Yeah. And if we just give ourselves permission to own that and stop trying to run away from it, had women tell me, I just want to get married. I just, that, that was it. I'm like, well, why did you expect for this to work? Mm-hmm. If that was your only goal, if that's your only goal, why did you, why did you think that this was going to work? Some women I've, I've asked, like, what signs did you see that you ignored? Because a woman has an intuition like no other. Yes. And sometimes we go against what we believe in. Mm-hmm. And we do it anyway because we think we're an exception to the rule. And you're not. And you got to be okay with that. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be married. But do not let that be so important where you lose who you are just to have that title. Right. And I because see it all the time. The yeah. Like I see it all the time that... Some women either, you know, they just want the ring, right? They just want the ring. They want they want the reception. They want the hashtag. They want to feel like a princess for that day. And then once all of this happens, it's like, what do you have left? What do you have after that? When internally, you don't even know who you are as an individual. And even after the divorce, when you have some women who are just so in tune with their husband and building him and who he is and being someone else's wife, when it's all done and over with, they don't even know who they are at the end of the day. And they feel like, where do I go from here? Because they've invested so much into one person and not even so much into themselves and to the marriage as a whole. And um, I've also witnessed too that, some people get together really based off of the potential, you know, they of who they think this person can become. And they just, they choose them based off that these, like they, they ignore these certain patterns that they see people um, continuously do. So even before, when you, before you got married or even before one of your clients of whomever, do you, you feel like it's really important that even if you do see certain patterns, but you're really in love and in tune with this person, do you think that it would be important to move forward or that it definitely should be a discussion between the two? If you see certain things that you really just don't understand or that you would see pose a problem within marriage, you think that that discussion should definitely be, should definitely happen beforehand before they get married? Like how do you actually counsel people when they face this issue? Yeah, and that's a good question. So here, here's the thing. Um, as I tell people, you have to have what I call core values, okay? And core values are things that should never be negotiable, and you should never revise them under any circumstances. Mm-hmm. And so what I realized is that what really hurt me was because 
I kept going against what I knew was a deal breaker. Okay. And that's important because those are the things that you live by. You know what I'm saying? Those are the things that you should live by, by no matter, no matter what in all areas of your life. And so here's the thing. If there's an issue, you need to address it. The problem is, is that we have a lot of surface relationships. We, 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 we may have fun with them. We may have great conversations, but sometimes we just don't have those deep, intimate conversations that we need in order to determine how strong our relationship is. See, the thing is, is that you want to have a strong foundation like you would a home. You don't see the foundation, but you know it's there. Mm-hmm. And so in order for us to thrive, we got to have a strong foundation. This, this, does this mean that everything needs to be perfect? Absolutely not. But if there are things that you know could be a potential problem or a big problem later on, it has to be addressed before you walk down the aisle. When you get married, many people think marriage problems, marriage does not fix premarital problems. Not at all. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Doesn't matter. I don't, it doesn't matter. You can love this person, and I'm not telling you not to love this person, but I'm just going to be honest. If, if there's something that you know is a huge deal breaker, getting married is not going to be the fix. I honestly think that women and, and us as women, if there's a lot of pressure with marriage. We can have, we can be walking in our purpose. We can be living our best life. We could be doing great things, but if we don't have marriage as a check mark, it's almost like you're looked down upon because you're not married yeah. and you're questioned about it. And so what ends up happening is that if you allow that pressure to pressure you, you will operate out of desperation and feel like, man, I got to be married because I'm not, I'm not there yet. But don't try to determine the time on when you get married. Truly let God like bring that and let that happen for you. Because when you try to control that, you'll find yourself in a position to get a divorce or you'll probably stay in an unhappy, uh, unhappy marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can definitely so, agree yeah. with that. Mm-hmm. Because even with me being yeah, 29 years that. old, um, I found myself at times like being in a relationship because, okay, I've reached a certain age and I have to make this work. You know, you get tired of you know certain people coming up to you oh you're so pretty you have this going on why are you not married you you don't have a boyfriend and like I hate that that's the way society really thinks because like you said a lot of times everything that glitters isn't gold and if you don't even know who you are how can you even be married to someone else or even those that are within the marriage people always are going to show you or tell you what they want you to know, you know? So they're not going to tell you about the the hiccups and how hard it is to, to stay married or even if there is drama within their marriage. So I feel as human beings, we are always interested or think that the grass is always greener on the other side. Or sometimes we try so hard to portray a certain life on other people, but we have to realize that their journey is their journey and yours is completely different. And when things are supposed to actually 
come into order into your life, it's, it has to be aligned with God and it's going to happen when it's going to happen. You know, you can easily get married within your twenties and then it can easily fail or you could get married within your twenties and it grows and it's prosperous, but it's your story and you can't do it based on somebody else or because the pressures of society or other people within your family are telling you to do so. Um, so when, you ended your marriage and you found your purpose. Um, how did you, what was that moment where you finally realized that, okay, I am healed, but these are the steps that I had to do for me to get through this. And I feel like it's important that I'm, I share this with other women, with other men, so they aren't left alone and so that they can get the advice and the needed counseling to move forward. Because I feel like within the black community and within our culture, counseling on any type of aspect is just like, it's almost, it's a stigma within the community. You know, we have traumatic experiences and a litany of experiences from children yet we still don't seek counseling so when did you realize that okay this is my calling to help other people to get past and move forward from this circumstance in their life um i realized that i was in a better position back in 2016 Mm -hmm. because here's the thing what I what I what I came to realize was that my life was just a repeat every single year. It was a different year, but the same old thing. Mm-hmm. And so when I went on the journey of personal and spiritual development, I realized that I just really didn't allow myself to divorce my story. I was I was pretty much over the fact that I was no longer with him. It was the healing process of moving forward that I didn't do. Mm-hmm. I didn't do it intentionally. So like. Again, I told you I thought he was the problem. I never saw nothing wrong with me. Okay? And so what that did for me is that it led me down a path of doing the same thing, you know, you know, dealing with other men that were really no different, you know, maybe in a slight difference, but overall it was kind of like the same thing. And so I had to just fall back and just look within and see why was I doing what I was doing. And so um, what, I, what I realized is that I was a grudge holder. I wasn't a forgiving person. I didn't like to take ownership as much as I thought I did. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't like. To, I didn't like to like really take it. You know what I'm saying? Like when people say, "Well, yeah, yeah, I made mistakes." No, I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about saying, "You know what? I'm responsible for the part I played in my marriage." Yeah. Like really taking that full blown ownership. Don't matter what he did. Like I, I didn't care no more about what he did. That was no. That wasn't even my issue anymore. Like just being a grown woman about everything. And realizing what I was doing wrong. And also understood that I didn't know how to be a successful individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went to school. I went to college. I paid bills. I took care of my kids. Yes. But the successful individual just learning how to embrace my singleness. Okay. See, what I realized is that we do talk a lot about being married. From the church, everyone talks about you being with somebody. But I believe that to help the divorce process, or I would say to, to mitigate the divorce rate, it's best to really teach people how to be a successful single. I read this book by Dr. Miles Monroe called, I think it's um, Single, Married, Separated, and Life After, after Divorce, something like that. 
It's a very good book about allowing yourself to be single. Many people think single means you're not whole, when in reality it is. Right. And so I didn't. I wasn't whole. I wasn't a whole individual first. We look for other people to make us whole. We keep allow. We keep. We determine who we're attached to by how we are as a person. So mm-hmm. we feel less than when we're not in a relationship. I get this all the time, even from single people. They desire that, and I'm not telling you not to. However, if you continuously look for someone else to make you happy and be your source of happiness, you will always be an unhappy individual because you'll constantly keep finding that fix. In someone and so else. The, and so, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, what now? I, I was saying you you would definitely keep searching for that happiness within someone else rather than yourself. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, ab- absolutely. And finding yourself is a real adventure that we need to just not say, but we need to do. It's not just a quote. It is a real adventure that you must give yourself permission to go on. The journey of self-discovery. I went on that journey. I'm still on that journey. You'll always be on that journey. As a matter of fact, you're mm-hmm. doing better. And the more I tune in with who I was from my core, I know exactly what I need in a mate. You will walk away from something, even though you might like this person and you may care about this person, but there is something within that person that is not aligned with your core values. You will make the choice to choose you. As hard as it might be, but when you work on yourself, it's so much work to work on yourself that you can't afford to go back. And I would rather like walk away from something than to stay attached to it, knowing that it will hurt me in the long term. Because mm-hmm. it's not that people are bad people. Everybody is good. People, I'm telling you, everybody got something great in them. Everyone is great. God didn't make everybody to be horrible people. Right. But sometimes we might be on different paths of our maturity and where we are in life. And we may not, the timing may just not be right. Mm-hmm. And we got to understand timing is the essence, and that's everything. Right. And sometimes, you know, because I, I, I had questioned God about, like, man, why am I, you know, why can't, you know, why can't I find somebody? He was like, because I need you to work on you. Mm-hmm. I need you to walk in your gift. Your gift is everything. And, and I'm grateful that I didn't get remarried. I really am. I put this on everything. It's not saying I never want to. I'm grateful I never did because I believe I would have missed this season of me walking into my purpose. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I know I would have mm-hmm. because I used to put all my attention. Like one of the biggest things that I that I find in many women, one of the number one things is that I lost myself. I don't know who I am. So they have a difficult time moving on because they give so much into the up to the relationship that they never gave back to themselves. They never poured into their cup. So they're left empty. They don't know where to begin. They don't know where to start because many of them don't know who they are. Or I would say they never gave themselves the permission to know who they are. Mm-hmm. And so we got to go on this self-discovery. We, we got to know who we are as people first as an individual. And then, you know, get married because, what happens is you stay together. Like we do see our parents. They have, you know, maybe the, like my parents, that generation, they, they stayed together. Right. And we say, man, but they stayed together 40 and 50 years. I know a lot of 40 and 50 year unhappy marriages. Oh, I also yeah. know mm-hmm. that during that time, people stayed together. Like it didn't matter what the other person did. They could have went out and started a whole new family. 
And, and look, that and they fine. did, and they did. <laughs> you know, when you, when you look at right. those so, uh, past relationships and look at our grandparents and those before us, you know, it it wasn't uncommon at all for a granddaddy it or wasn't whomever. Uncommon, and I don't know why we're not talking about mm-hmm. that stuff was going on back in the day where a man had a whole new family. Right, so, right. Mm-hmm. Getting married, like, okay, so you, you, you got people who've been married that long, but men and some of the men that I even talk to okay I have men coming to me like it's crazy but when you have men that say well Tanya I pay the bills I work don't get me wrong those things are great but it's more than just working that's going to equate to a thriving marriage right so like back in the day when a man worked and provided that's all he needed to do in the home mm-hmm. that that was that was like but there's an emotional component that people both need to bring to the table, like learning how to express themselves without feeling like it's a sign of weakness. Being able to be open and honest to what you're truly feeling and what you're going through without yes. with the fear of not being without the fear of being judged. Yes. Because you have men that want to talk about these things, right? But as a woman, we have gotta allow that outlet. Mm-hmm. Seriously. If he I'm telling you, because if he's being vulnerable to you, listen. Because that's him being that's him being open to you, and we gotta know that a man is a human first. He's not this tough guy all the time. A man has to be able to go and be able to like be vulnerable about what he's dealing with. And if he if he can do that, listen. Because some women I've heard be like, oh, "He a man, he needs to suck it up." Don't do that. Mm-hmm. That that'll make him not even open up to you anymore. Mm-hmm. And so we gotta be able to have that outlet where he's able to talk about these things and just be able to listen. Mm-hmm. Don't patronize. Don't belittle nobody. Don't make nobody feel like they're less than. No, when someone is being vulnerable with you, that is the most important thing they're giving to you. Not their money, not what they have, but their heart. And many of us don't understand that. Yes. And I didn't understand that. Mm-hmm. Please say, please that, say that again. Please say that again, that it's not their money and materialistics, but it's definitely their heart. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, because... A man has to have respect. Right. A man has to have respect. We have to have love. And one thing about respecting the man is listening to him, right? And when he's opening up to us and he's telling us how he feels, never use that against him. Mm -hmm. I promise you, you'll never get nothing out of him again. Yeah. And so, like, if, he, if he's just there paying bills, you know, that's, don't get me wrong, that's good, but we got to look beneath just paying bills, okay? Like, working and paying bills. And I'm not, you know, women out here, they're doing that thing, too. Don't get me wrong. But if you're trying to be with somebody for the long haul and you want your marriage to thrive, I'm talking about thriving. I ain't talking about surviving. I'm not talking about wearing the ring. I'm not talking about having the last name or the title. Or the, I'm talking about having a thrival, a thriving, long marriage got to be able to have those tough conversations and when he finally decides that he wants to, when he wants to open up to you you have to listen. let him you have to you have to allow him to you most definitely and it's you know even you within society today it's like you, you see like certain women and these different rappers and everything you know always I guess like boasting and bragging about what they can get out of a man or you know he got to give me this bag or he has to pay my rent da, 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 da. but 
we have to look on both sides too about what can we both equally bring to the table, not only just financially, materialistically, but also emotionally and physically as well. All of those things are very important within a relationship. And I think a lot of times those full components are often ignored or some people feel as though because I bring forth this, then you you definitely have to do this. So it goes hand in hand on both ends. So in closing, what do you feel um, would be like, maybe like the, the top five, top five components or three to five components that you feel is necessary to move forward within the healing process? Hmm. The top component, um, I would say Mm self-awareness, which means that you you have to allow yourself to self-assess yourself. So like if you go, like it's no difference if you have a job and people self-evaluate you, you see your performance, you need to self-assess yourself. Um, You need to own what you do. Mm -hmm. Like you can you can see here's the thing you can self-aware but you can still not take ownership because what happens is you'll justify why you do what you do and that's not taking ownership ownership is saying no matter what has happened i own my life and therefore i own what i did because taking that ownership gives you the ability to move forward um the next thing you need to do is transform okay and transform is just allowing yourself to take you know go from a caterpillar to a butterfly Mm-hmm. So you need to go through that whole metamorphosis. You need to go through the the whole process of um, what that healing um, thing involves. You know, just allowing yourself to, you know, go into your emotions, tap into those emotions that you keep hiding and trying to run away from. Allow yourself to run to them. You know, forgiveness, um, creating a new blueprint moving forward, learning how to embrace your singleness, discovering your life's purpose. You know, we don't talk about purpose enough. And everyone has a purpose in life, no matter what that purpose is. And your goal is to fulfill that purpose. My purpose has brought me so much joy. Um, I love what I do. I don't like to see people go through this, but I love to see people go get out of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, man, I didn't realize that this is what I was going through. That's the breakthrough that you need. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to be a different person. You need to be a different person. So, um, and just allowing yourself to admit, like, I need help. You know what I mean? I think, just start there. Just start there. Don't worry about everything else. Just accept the fact that, you know what, I need help. I can't do this all on my on my own. You're not an island. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, it's, it's found in our, in our community, we try to be islands all the time. We want to be able to figure it all out. You can't. It's impossible. You got to allow yourself to get connected with someone who can honestly you know, be your, your cheerleader in a way to help you, but be your coach to keep it real with you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And let you know, like, look, this, you know, let's, 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 let's hash this out and just start there. Don't worry about what nobody else thinks. Who cares? Like, don't feel ashamed. Don't feel like you're a failure. You're not a failure. Mm-hmm. I tell you, the only time you fail is when you quit. That's the only time you fail. When you learn, that's when you win. Because when you learn from it, you can move forward from it. Yes. 
So thank you so much, Tanya, because you, this, you know, was definitely a conversation that I particularly was interested in having. Like I said, myself personally, no, I have not gone through a divorce, but I've seen so many people close to me that have, and they have been so afraid to actually share their stories or even seek counseling, but it's, it's a reality and it definitely happens. And we definitely shouldn't be ashamed or afraid or at all just to share these conversations and helping people move forward from that so um where can people find you on social media and different platforms okay um they can find me i'm on instagram a lot um and my instagram is miss tanya speaks so that's m s t o n y a and then speaks s t e a k s Mm -hmm. that is my instagram as well as my facebook um for those who want to email me you can email me at info at tanyacarter.com. If you just have a question and you, you just got some, you know, you're just curious. Because it'll really change your life. Because it's not just you who's going through it. It's got children. They're dealing with it too. And so when you get better, your kids get better. It's like a, it's a domino effect when you heal. Yeah. So it's not just you. So that's why I love it. So if you, you want to reach out to me, reach out to me. Yeah, so once again, thank you again, Tanya. When I come to Atlanta, we definitely have to find time this time to actually link up <laughs> and, um, you know, right. just it's enjoy gonna, each other. And I already got a place, too. Okay, okay. <laughs> so I already got a place for you. So I'm super, I'm super <laughs> excited about that next link up. And um, audience, in closing, always remember your story is not solely for you. It's meant to be shared with other women and provide hope to those facing similar hurdles. You don't have to be ashamed and you definitely don't have to be afraid to share you are a victor you are a winner and you will not be defeated you declare growth and prosperity over your life and troubles do not always last you are brilliant bold and beautiful you are her heroic empowering and resilient thank you all again for tuning in if you have been empowered encouraged or Um, just uplifted in any type of way, please share, tell a friend to tell a friend. Her Story Podcast is available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, as well as Google Play. Follow me on Instagram at Her Story Podcast, um, also on Facebook as well. And once again, this is Jay Jameson with Her Story, and we're out.